From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott. This weekend, the town of Eatonton, Georgia, honors one of its own, prolific poet and Pulitzer Prize-winning novelist and activist Alice Walker. The Georgia Writers Museum will celebrate Walker's 75th birthday with a now-sold-out day of festivities, including tributes by Georgia writers Pearl Clegg and Tayari Jones, and a screening of the PBS American Masters documentary, Alice Walker, Beauty and Truth. People really had a problem with my disinterest and submission. And they had a problem with my intellect. And they had a problem with my choice of lovers. And they had a problem with my choice of everything. So, you know, choose one, choose all. They just had a problem. That is Walker herself from the film. Another highlight, a conversation with author and UGA professor Valerie Boyd, curator and editor of a forthcoming collection of Walker's journals. And she joins me in the studio to talk a little bit about her life and legacy. Valerie, great to have you here. Great to be here, Virginia. Thank you. So Alice Walker, born the youngest of eight children to sharecropping parents, 1944. It was an accident that, by her account, really led her to reading and writing. What happened? When she was a child, her brother accidentally shot her in the eye with a BB gun. It affected her vision, of course, and it also affected her sense of herself, her self-esteem, that sort of thing, and it turned her inward, perhaps more than she might have been already. She was already an inward, you know, inward-focused, introspective child, but that really turned her inward and turned her to books and to the life of the imagination. Man, that imagination just flourished. She became, of course, the first African-American woman to win the Pulitzer Prize for a 1982 novel, The Color Purple, set in a small Georgia town. What does she say in her journals about memories of her hometown? It feels like a very complex relationship. Yes, it is a very complex relationship. You know, she grew up, as you pointed out, she was born in 1944. So she grew up in segregated Georgia. And when she left at age 17 to attend Spelman College um, with a sewing machine that her mother had given her and a typewriter and a little bit of money, she might have felt like she was escaping something and wondered if she would ever come back. Mm. And so she has had a complicated relationship with Georgia and especially Eatonton. Um, She went to Spelman, as you know, but didn't her she radical left, right? sensibilities made her decide to leave Spelman early. Well, this is something that comes up over and over again. She did meet, I believe, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. when she was at Spelman. She became an activist, worked in Mississippi on registering voters in the 1960s. And later, she continued that throughout her career, but later in her life, was arrested in 2004 for protesting the Iraq War. Did that kind of political activism ever affect how she was published, how she was treated by publishers, or even her fans? Uh, It certainly impacted her fans, and her political outspokenness has caused her some, um, you know, some people who disagree with some of her choices, as she mentioned in the clip. She was not not willing to submit. (laughs) Right, right. But uh, in terms of her, her readers, I mean, I think her readers appreciate the fact that She is an activist who, you know, tries to make change in the world. She's trying to fight for social justice for anyone who's oppressed. And that brings us back to Georgia and her growing up in segregated Georgia, where she understood oppression and wanted to, you know, take that boot off her own neck and make herself and everyone else free. That's the root of her activism. Well, of course, standing up to oppression is part of the theme of The Color Purple. Absolutely. 
the novel adapted into a film directed by Steven Spielberg, starring Whoopi Goldberg, Oprah, Danny Glover, and adapted for Broadway. Uh, that was a show in 2005. It's been running ever since. Here's a clip from the 1985 film. Everything you've done to me, already done to you. I'm poor, black. I may even be ugly, but dear God, I'm here. I'm here. This is from a climax from the film, and Celie just, you know, she's determined to no longer uh, take the abuse from her uh, her husband. Film racked up 11 Academy Award nominations. How did that fame generating from the book, how did that kind of acclaim and those kind of expectations affect her? The acclaim was great in terms of, you know, making giving her the financial freedom that she could afford to buy 40 acres of her own. And she chose to buy those in California rather than Georgia, but has now decided to she has a more um, her her relationship with Georgia is expanding and she is more embracing of Georgia now and is spending more time here and in Eatonton itself. But the acclaim from the color purple was good for her. But there was also controversy with The Color Purple in terms of um, people thinking that it was denigrating black men and that sort of thing. So that was painful for her. But I feel like it was just uh, a message that we weren't ready for yet. Now here we are in this Me Too moment. So uh, a film like The Color Purple feels, um, you know, like prescient in terms of its uh, ability to predict the issues that we would still be talking about today. My guest is writer and UGA professor Valerie Boyd. We're talking about the legacy of the legendary author and activist Alice Walker. Her hometown, Eatonton, Georgia, is going to be celebrating her 75th birthday this weekend. Valerie's a part of that celebration. Well, I'd love to get into that a little bit, the, the kind of sense of controversy, because you know, her books are often taught in women's studies classes, for example, black studies classes, and, and she's characterized often as a feminist. She uses the term womanist to describe herself and her work. What is that distinction, feminist and womanist? She says um, uh, a womanist is really, that's a term that she uh, developed in the 70s, and she wrote about it for the first time in an essay in an in, our search, in Search of Our Mother's Gardens. And she talks about womanist as um, kind of a black feminism. There's a saying in uh, old, old school black culture, if somebody's, uh, a child is acting grown. If it's a boy, you might say you're acting mannish. If it's a girl, you might say you're acting womanish. So womanist comes from that term, which is someone, it's basically a free black, free thinking black woman. This is something that so many women of color in the feminist movement, the early feminist movement, let's say second wave feminism, felt as if they were left behind. Yeah, I mean, they felt not fully embraced by the mainstream feminist movement. So the term womanism gave people a place to enter. Yeah. It gave uh, it was an embrace to women of color to say this is uh, where you stand in this movement. This is not the only controversy she's come upon. More, much more recently on a BBC radio show in an interview with the New York Times, Walker praised a book, And the Truth Will Set You Free, and this author, British conspiracy theorist, I think it's safe to say, David Icke, also regarded as an anti-Semite by many. Walker denied that. And, and it wasn't just the right-leaning critics who uh, brought this up, brought up the 
anti-Semitic views on her books and her blogs. So what do you, as a scholar of her work, see there? Well, as someone who has read every journal entry that she's written uh, since she was 18 years old, I would say she is most definitely not anti-Semitic. I think that what she did with David Icke's book is that that was part of what she was reading. Mm. Um, the New York Times story was, what are you reading? And she, you know, rather than editing what was actually on her reading list, she was honest and said, this is one of the books I'm reading, along with a long list of other books. But people focused on that because of, you know, the view of David Icke as a conspiracy theorist. Alice's response was, I'm I'm a woman. I'm a grown woman. I can read whatever I want, and you should be able to read whatever you want to. Mm. We cannot let people make us ashamed of what's on our nightstands. And Alice is deeply, deeply curious. So she reads everything. And I think people who automatically associated her with those views because she's reading about them and open to thinking about things that might be uncomfortable um, I think I think that was short-sighted for people to just, you know, put that kind of label on her. You are somebody who gets this vision of Alice Walker's writing to herself, right? She's not writing to a public. She's writing in her journals. What do, what do we not see? Who is she when no one's watching? <laughs> well, you will see when the book comes out, Gathering Blossoms Under Fire, it's going to be published in fall 2020, and it will be a selection of her actual journal entries. So, first of all, who lets you read their journals and who wants to put out a book that allows people that kind of access to her inner life? Alice Walker does. I mean, to me, that's why she's the freest person I know. And so we'll get a, a glimpse of that. But what you'll see in the journals is a woman becoming herself. You'll see her from age 18 to 75 figuring out who she is and going through all the things that we as human beings go through, and especially we as women. So any milestone in a woman's life, first time falling in love, first kiss, um, having a child, losing your mother, um, marrying, divorcing, all those milestones are in the journals, not as milestones, but as personal moments of struggle and triumph. How do I get through this? What you see in her journals is her day-to-day -day almost thinking on this issue or that issue, changing her mind about this or that, figuring out this or that. And this or that could be what to cook for dinner. It could be how to make the year that she got divorced, how to make $10,000 for that year to support herself and her daughter as a single mother. You actually see in the journals her numbers, her math, figuring it all out. Um, you know, because at that point, she was not a known name. She was a, a single mom trying to figure out, can I really do this? And so I feel that the journals will humanize her um, for those people who are critics, but also for those people who are fans, but who put her on a pedestal and don't really understand that she's gone through the same struggles as everyone else. Was anything off limits in the journals? Um, no. She has been extraordinarily um, just trusting of me. She says, you know, have at it, do what you want. And, of course, I'm giving her final say. I'm like, if this feels too personal, you know, we don't have to include this. And she's, she's saying, I want it all in there. I want people to see the messy beauty of life. And that's what comes through in the journals. Yeah. 
she's also a lot of people know her novels or her novel. Let's be more accurate about that. But you know, she's also written criticism, essays, poems. I'm a big fan of her poetry books. Um, Good night, Willie Lee. I'll see you in the morning. It's just a fantastic one. Right. And her most recent book was a book of poetry called Taking the Arrow Out of the Heart. Which is written after the 2016 election, something that she uh, was deeply affected by and commenting on that. But if you look at her entire legacy, what makes her so distinctive as as a writer and and as uh, American literature and Southern literature? I think. What makes her distinctive is that she is a black Southern woman uh, writing about global issues. She's writing about the issues of the day, whatever that day is, whether that's her writing about marching with Dr. King or about King's assassination or about, you know, the death of John Lennon in the journals or about, you know, the, the Trump election, whatever. She's writing about the issues of the day but from a black Southern woman's perspective. All of those issues come up. I mean, The Color Purple is an incredibly timeless novel. Like, it's still important. It's, it takes on new importance when we think of where we are now with the Me Too movement, you know, decades after it was published. Happy birthday, Alice Walker. Yes, happy birthday, Alice Walker. And thank you so much for being with us, Valerie. Thank you. My pleasure. We're going to leave you with more from The Color Purple. This is Tony-winning actress Cynthia Erivo performing I'm Here on Broadway as we say goodbye to writer and UGA professor Valerie Boyd, curator and editor of a forthcoming collection of Walker's journals. Valerie, along with the famous playwright Pearl Clegg and author Tayari Jones, will honor Walker this weekend for her 75th birthday in Eatonton. The event is unfortunately sold out. Up next, Freaknik, Menace to Society or Triumph of Expression, a new podcast unpacks the now-banned spring break party that took over Atlanta. I'm Virginia Prescott. Stay with us. Uh